Hello and welcome. I'm Bonnie. And I'm Lily. And this is Little Home Organised, a podcast dedicated to helping you declutter, get organised and reclaim time for the things you love. Because when you remove all this stuff, you do reclaim time for the things you love. You need to respect your boundaries so that other people respect your boundaries. Isn't that funny that we've both got a bear called Brownie? Yeah, wasn't there one called Pinky or Bluey? Yeah, yeah, I still, you had a Bluey and I had a Pinky. Oh, did we? And didn't Bluey That's have so like... so creative. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we were like two, come on. Hello and welcome. This episode, we're going to be talking about time-sucking technology, What are the technologies that suck your time and what can you do about them? Lily, I'm really excited about talking about this topic. I personally know that technology is sucking a lot of my time. I use it for work. I use it for social purposes. And at the moment, I feel like it's like a fifth limb, like I can't get away (laughs) from it. You know, we were talking uh, in the car this morning as we were off to record another episode about how when we get so used to having our smartphone with us and we all of a sudden don't have it with us, we feel like we're actually missing something. And I know for me in the last few months, I've really tried to be very conscious of where my smartphone is going with me. And when I'm watching TV, I try and not have it nearby because otherwise I'll just end up doing the double device thing where I'm watching TV, but I'm, you know, scrolling through Facebook or doing something else at the same time. Totally, totally. I I feel like a few years ago I could sit in front of a television and watch it and be fully content with it and wouldn't need my phone. I could have my phone nearby and I wouldn't have that compulsion to pick it up. Mm. And a few years of bad habits later, I now have to be like on actively doing something on my phone and watching the TV show as well. And when you do things like that, when you are multitasking, you don't get the best of both worlds. You just get an average version of both. No, it's really like, what have you got the TV on in the background for? Because you might have sat down to watch the TV, but your focus is on the device closest to you. And I know there's been plenty of nights because my husband is a shift worker and on the nights that he's not here, he's at work, I might actually sit down to watch TV, but I've got the laptop out to do a little bit of work and I've got my phone here because, you know, somebody might be texting me or something like that. So I've got three devices on the go at once and that's just, that's a bit silly. Like my brain is going. And, you know, this whole theory that women are multitaskers, like uh, I'm going to, I'm going to break the news if you haven't heard. It's not true. We're not, we're not wired differently. We just happen to try and juggle multiple things at a time and we're not exceptionally good at it either. It's just that we get practiced at doing it. So this idea of women being multitaskers, yeah, we're juggling a bunch of things, but we're not excelling at the bunch of things that we're juggling. We can't give whole attention to each of those things at the same time. They're all getting part of our attention and, you know, With that in mind, it starts to leave you feeling pretty chaotically. You mentioned the TV thing and that's certainly been something I'm super aware of. When I am sitting down watching Netflix, I have my phone open as well. And I went through a phase of actually choosing intentionally foreign shows, foreign films, 
so that I could only understand it with the subtitles on because it meant that I had to look at the TV and not look down at my phone. Mm. And it was actually really nice to just sit there and fully, you know, zone out and pay attention to one thing. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Um, When you were talking before about women and this idea that we're really good at multitasking and things like that, I love that analogy that goes around about how women, like men and women are like computers and women have you know, 10 or 20 tabs open at once and we constantly switch between each of the tabs, whereas men tend to maybe only have like one tab open at a time and it's the whole, um, you know, box theory where they they go from I'm in the work box to now I'm at home, I'm in the home box and now I'm in the relaxation box of watching the TV or, or, you know, kicking back having a drink or something like that. And how much when I thought about that and – thought about conversations you and I have had, how often I feel like we actually have conversations that are just constantly switching tabs, like we're going from one topic to another like that. It's just... I have too many tabs open literally (laughs) on my computer (laughs) and in my brain at all times. (laughs) And I guess that comes back down to the mental load as well, doesn't Mm. it? You know, we talked about that in an earlier episode, that idea that you're carrying so much responsibility in your head and that, you know, as soon as you walk past a piece of stimulus and you add that into the mental load as well, Mm. you know, it's no wonder you're pinging around the place. And then we try to unwind with technology Mm. and it is a gift, but it's also something that takes away from our time. Oh, it does. As well does. as, you know, making things more efficient. So what would you say is the technology that sucks a lot of your time? The biggest time suck for me is probably TV and Facebook. So social media wise, I'm not huge on Instagram. Every time I go to open it on my phone, it's like your, your account has been compromised. And I think, yeah, look, I can't be bothered doing this whole password reset <laughs> process. So I just kind of Eh. (laughs) run wild post your photos use my information whatever go for it um but yeah Facebook is something that really does become a time suck for me and uh I've been pretty good with um unfollowing a lot of stuff so probably a year or 18 months ago I actually went through and unfollowed all of nearly all of my friends um on Facebook you made the cut happy to know. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So I probably have maybe 20 people, 30 people who um, I actually see their posts and stuff. Everyone else I unfollowed because I just felt like I was seeing too many things from people who weren't really in your close network. Yeah, who weren't really that important. And so oh, savage. Well, <laughs> they're important to other people, but they're not people that are in that inner circle. And yeah. when you when you look at <laughs> I think it's Dunbar who had this um, theory of like how many people like our limit of how many people we can actually have close relationships. You can have really close intimate relationships with five people. Under his theory. Yeah, under this theory. And then you can have like a a group of acquaintances that I think is maybe 50 people. And then your wider network that you can handle that's a little bit further out, um, like your acquaintances, 150 is what you can capably manage being friends with. So when you apply that and you might have a friendship list on Facebook of 500 or 1,000 people, well, no wonder you, you, you can't keep up with all that stuff. And that's why, you know, with the algorithms and things that um, Facebook kind of chooses for you based upon what you're, pick, you know, picking and saying, yes, I like this or I'd love this or, or whatever. So it's that theory is actually in play with Facebook's algorithm anyway. Social media and Facebook in particular are 
great at connecting us with people, but they are also great at becoming time consuming. And the way the app is designed is it's designed to encourage further engagement with it. One of the features of that is scrolling. Scrolling is so easy. And when you think of the action of the flicking of the finger, Mm. once you start doing it and looking down, you'll notice that far long after you've decided you need to stop, you are still scrolling. I know. It's weird, isn't it? It's like you, you've you started a snowball in motion and you just can't stop it. It's just... But what if I just... And, you know, like we talk about this with clutter as well. What if I go to close my phone and just as I'm about to scroll into a really funny meme yeah. or a really engaging video yeah. or a really um, cool story? And so it's that fear of missing out. It's that what if it's just around the corner? You know, some of the reasons we can't let go of things in our life is what if I end up using it or what if I miss out on a piece of information that's in that magazine and you know we may not ever end up reading it but that fear it, like it, it's funny how even something as simple as that can play into our behavior and it includes how we do things on Facebook and on that note you know we are talking about things sucking our time and one of the things uh, we actually did recently in our Facebook community group was I did a tutorial and you can actually go into into that group so you can come join and you can see that tutorial today on how to declutter your Facebook feed mm. because we all acknowledge that Facebook takes up a lot of our time and we do a lot of mindless scrolling and part of the problem of that is that there is so much irrelevant content that we're getting past to try and find the good stuff. Now In this video, as I was showing people, I showed you how to declutter what pages you like, how to declutter your friends list, and how to declutter from groups. And I also explained the difference between what you like and you follow. Now, one of the things that's interesting is when I was doing this, I noticed that I had over 2,000 pages that I'd liked. Wow, that's a lot. Right? That is a lot. And when you think about 2,000 pages, and a lot of those pages are fighting for your attention on Mm -hmm. Facebook in how they design their content and maybe they do advertised content. And the way the algorithms work, depending on what settings you've got set up, you can make the algorithm work in your favor or against your favor. And so in this little tutorial, I kind of explain how to go into that. So I'm not going to go into detail of that today. So if you are interested, please come over and join the Little Home Organized Community on Facebook. Request membership will let you in. You'll be able to see that video and declutter your list. But one of the key features of that is the difference between liking and following. And like you say, you actually having, say you've got 500 friends, you can keep your 500 friends, but you can unfollow Mm. 490 and then only have the content from 10 people coming up in your feed. Mm. And that is a cool way to bring back some time for yourself, that's for sure. Another feature I really like about Facebook along that same line is that unfollow or snooze for 30 days. So if someone's being particularly pesty with all of their posts and they're all a bit spammy for some reason, because a lot of a lot of people who are in business post business stuff on their personal page to try and promote what they're doing. Yeah, which is which is cool because you still you you learn things about your friends that maybe you didn't even know, and you can snooze that for 30 days if for some reason they're going through a phase where they're posting a bit too much or if you've got a friend who's you know spamming you with baby photos or um, pregnancy photos I know they are so cute (laughs) yeah but like that's another cool feature right Mm, so it it allows you to just oh I've just had enough for now but reassess later so Facebook's one thing that takes a lot of your time and you mentioned TV as well when I think personally I think Netflix um, it depends like I go through phases where I hardly watch anything and then I go through phases where at night time 
again, multitasking. Mm. I will have like show on the background. I'm able to binge watch some amazing seasons um, while I'm working on but my laptop. But are you really watching it if you're doing it's, work at the same time? That's it. And it's funny, like I can think about a series that I was watching recently, which I just thought was like the best show. So funny, so well done. And what I really enjoyed about the show was watching the characters interact in their facial expressions and their mannerisms. Like it was that intricate. And when I first started watching it, I noticed I gave it complete attention. But then as I got used to watching the show, I started mucking around on my phone, mucking around on my computer and working while watching it. And then I would look up and I almost felt like I was like longing to watch the show, but I could not rip myself away from the technology. And that's when you know you've got a bit of a problem. Addiction. (laughs) Yeah, truly it is. Like it is a time suck. And when I think about all the things that are sucking my time, Netflix, yes, it it does one. Netflix, you know, those streaming services are amazing. And the way that they roll over onto the next episode, it's designed to keep you watching, keep you using. Mm. So Facebook is another one, Instagram, social media, because I do it for work, you know, my social media work, that keeps me engaged with those platforms as well. And I spend a lot of time in design programs like Canva, making beautiful graphics and things like that. And before you know it, you've gone like, I can spend hours and hours mucking around with things, editing websites, that kind of stuff. And, you know, I think a lot of it comes down to your habits as well. Like we were talking today as well about my Mr. Two, who's got a real thumb sucking problem. And we're trying to address that at the moment, but he will literally hand you a car or a water bottle and say, here, mum. And then his thumb goes straight in his mouth because it's a habit. Like it is such a bad habit for him. And I think sometimes we can have that habit with our phones where our brain gets a bit bored and we go, oh, let's just check the phone. Let's let's see if there's anything I've missed. There's a moment in time here. I need to be filling it with something. Yeah, it's like we're not comfortable to sit with the space that that boredom represents and I think we need to get comfortable with that. So we had a look on our phones earlier at what how much time we spend on our screens. This is just on our phones. This isn't on our laptops. This isn't isn't on other technology or devices. And I was I wasn't surprised how much time I had on there. You actually were on there a bit more than I thought. You had three hours. Yeah. And I spend on average per day five hours on my phone which interestingly enough is about the same as what that statistic we looked at says for average adults is about five hours five hours a day engaging with technology and that's you know when you think about it it's like in some cases you might be like oh wow that's not much in other cases you're like what that's crazy Uh, and I think everyone's technology use is a little bit different but it definitely does penetrate many areas of our life that's for sure Well, before we talk about solutions to this problem, I think we should head on over to our Clutter Confessions segment and listen to our latest Clutter Confession. Clutter Confessions! (laughs) Hi. Uh, My Clutter Confession have to be my stuffed toys from my childhood. Um, Even though I'm 33 years old, I've still got the majority of my stuffed animals. And... Until recently they were still on shelves in my room, now they're in storage, but um, it's hard to get rid of them because they were your friends for so long, so yeah, that's my clutter confession. So full disclosure, I'm also 33 and I have one soft toy in particular that was given to me as a toddler. Uh, which I aptly nicknamed Brownie. (laughs) And there were 
there have been, even in recent years, plenty of times where my husband might be away for a period or I'm feeling lonely. (laughs) And (laughs) brownie comes in the bed. Brownie comes in the bed. (laughs) I have a brownie as well. And I, in my my brownie is my teddy bear from, like, I guess my first big bear as a kid. Mm. I had a huge bag of soft toys that I only decluttered in the last five or so years. And I remember you were a part of that. You were kind of like, yeah. Lily, this is excessive. <laughs> yeah. Are you really going to travel all over the world with all of these soft toys? And I was like, no, they're going to live in storage. Yeah. <laughs> but I look at that bag now and the ones that we ended up keeping were the ones that really were the most special to me. Like I couldn't mm. even tell you which ones I did get rid of. But one of them that is in there is Brownie. Yeah. Isn't that funny that we've both got a bear called Brownie? Yeah. Wasn't there one called Pinky or Bluey? Yeah, yeah. I still you had a Bluey and I had a Pinky. Oh, did we? And didn't Bluey We're have so like, creative. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we were like two, come on. <laughs> but I'm sure your Bluey had like a zip in the back where you could yes! a pocket. Like and you could, could reverse it. Yes, and the yes. inside was all shiny. Yeah, you could make it into like a pillow or something like that. That, it wasn't like a reversible bear, but you could like fold him in inside himself to and be a pillow and zip him up. Yeah. Oh. Crazy. Hey. They just don't make toys the same. No, they don't. And I remember my, my pinky, who was, you know, a small bear, had a doll's dress on that had, you know, the puff paint writing that you put. Yes. Yep. Yep. Expo 88. That's <laughs> how old that dress was. Amazing. Oh, so good. So technology, it's great. It helps us be efficient, keep on top of stuff, but it is a time suck, all right? And we're all about reclaiming time for the things we actually love to do. So one of the things that I think is a great idea is potentially, if you can, introduce a technology-free day into your week. I think that's a really great idea. And a few months ago, I recognized that I I was falling into a really bad habit of every night once the kids were in bed because life with three kids, especially during restrictions and lockdown, um, can be really tough and they're, you know, they can be stressful and they can overwhelm you and you can get to the end of the day feeling like you've been run over by several large vehicles. So we found that there were times where we would get to every night after the kids were finally asleep and in bed um, that we would just get in this habit of, okay, let's put the TV on because it's mindless. We don't have to do much. We can just slowly relax and wind down. But I found that when I actually was conscious about when I watched TV, that my time during the week, if, if I went and said, okay, I'm going to have a technology-free time during the week at night, I actually found I got to the end of the week and felt better about myself than if I had just mindlessly watched TV every night. Now, I know what you mean. It's I find it to be a bit of a catch-22. Like I have this longing to sit down and unwind behind the telly. Mm. Well, not behind the telly, in front of the telly. <laughs> Wouldn't be seeing much if I was behind it. Um, <laughs> not that much room either. No, no. So I, like I'm driven to like relax in that way. But then when I do sit down and relax in that way, I don't necessarily then feel relaxed. It's funny how society has evolved so much where – our main idea for how we relax at home is sitting on the couch and flicking the TV on. And what I noticed a few years ago is there were a couple of houses that I went to where people had specifically designed their lounge rooms around a fireplace or around not having a TV at all. And they actually seemed like they were much happier for not having it. Well, when I think of being happier without TVs and technology, I just think about summer camp. Mm. So 
One of the things I'm so grateful for is that I grew up in a time where technology was up and coming. It wasn't saturated and it wasn't everywhere. And so like a lot of my childhood was free of it. And I I do feel for the children today because it it, it permeates everything that they Mm -hmm. do and everywhere that they go. When we worked at camp in the States, our camp was technology free. Oh, that's cool. And kids would come, young children who had mobiles and had – you know, they're on Snapchat and they're on different applications where they have to be involved to stay connected with their friends at school so that they don't miss out socially. It's become really integral. Mm. And they would come to camp and they would go through like a phase of like detoxing from the technology Mm. where they would really miss it. And then once they got through that after a day or two, my goodness, they all loved it. Mm. They all would say, I love not having my phone. I love not worrying about technology, not being on my iPad, not having a television because when you remove all this stuff, you do reclaim time for the things you love and the things you love is playing outside, learning new skills, building connections with other Mm. people. It is all about that relationship as well, isn't it? And I think sometimes we let our devices get in the way of us doing that and we're scared to remove those devices because then we feel vulnerable and exposed and I think back to uh, grade 10 um, when, when I was in school and we had a one-month camp out at Ballam. It's about four or five hours west of Brisbane. And like your summer camps, it was technology-free. And you could tell the kids, like I was in grade 10, so I didn't have a phone yet. TV was not like a huge thing in our household. But you could tell the kids who were really suffering from not having that stuff around and not having like all the fast food joints and stuff around. But after a couple of days, you could see how everyone started to relax and interact with each other. And it's great, you know, in that different environment because you you start to meet and become friends with people that you probably wouldn't have otherwise at school. And they had a parent's day two weeks in where the parents came and had a look around for the day and they were allowed to bring whatever food they wanted. And I remember this one guy, his parents brought him a bucket of fried chicken. And <laughs> like it was a big bucket and he ate the whole thing by himself and man was he so sick or <laughs> what like but when you like you th- technology it's almost like it's a f- it's a safety as well mm. and I think you, you mentioned earlier where you know there's that moment in time and you're like oh I'm not doing something so you pick out your phone what am I what could I be missing what's happening in the world mm. and when you take that away like there is a bit of vulnerability there but then that also leaves room for so much opportunity like if I sit here and I think one one of the things I've noticed so much since having a baby especially is that my time has been changed in the sense of when I can do things, when I want to do things. You know, when he's asleep, I've got opportunities to get things done. And when he's awake, my time is spent with him, right? Mm. So I feel like my time is more precious than ever. Yes. And there are things that I miss and I want to do. And I can make time for them. But interestingly enough, I don't. I fill them mindlessly with other things, you know, like I might be scrolling through Facebook or whatever. Is it have because you. it's easier, do you think? Because it's like right there in front of you, you're already holding the phone or it's already right next to you. Is it, is it just the easy factor? I think it is. I think it's that habitual thing too, right? Mm. So that habit of, oh, I'll just check it. Yeah, and then all of a and sudden- And then I'm in the scrolling game. It's 20 minutes later and you think, oh, goodness, I didn't mean to waste all that time. Absolutely. And so we're talking about the idea of having a tech-free day. So like if you can have a day where you come home and instead of having the TV on at night, you and- your housemate or your husband or whoever you live with 
decide to do something different where you engage in community together or you still do something independent, but it isn't based in technology. So say you do something like you keep saying you really want to get into yoga, have a crack at yoga. You have been meaning to keep doing some woodwork in your shop and build that thing you wanted to build or repair that thing you want to repair. Well, instead of, you know, mindlessly scrolling, go out and, and Work do on that. a project. Work on a project. You keep saying that you really need to unwind and that you're stressed out and you'd love to have a bath. Go have a bath. Prioritize that bath. Or why not pull out a card game or a board game mm. with, you know, your partner? It's, it's almost like we save those things for special occasions too. It's funny actually – you just mentioned that and I thought, oh, every time we go on holidays or camping or something like that, because we like to go camping on Fraser Island every year. Beautiful, beautiful place. And um, where we camp, the internet sucks, which is great because it means that we have to be really present with our kids and all that sort of stuff. And so when we go camping with other couples, we will every night, you know, play a board game or a card game or something like that. And the memories that I have of not just Fraser, but all these like youth group trips that we used to do and any time we went away with people, the things that stand out the most is the board games and the card games and that time spent in community doing it together. Exactly. In community, like when you think back to like some of the strongest memories that you have, are those memories of technology? No. Or, uh, you know, and maybe some of them like there were standout moments. Maybe there were standout moments because they were shared with other people. But mm. often the things that we look back on and feel really fondly about are shared moments with others. Another thing that I think we need to mention is that the Australian government or the Department of Health actually recommends that kids under two have no screen time at all and that kids two to five have less than an hour a day. So the best way that we can as parents actually monitor and maintain that is also role modelling. So you as a parent, what is it that you do? Do you, when you get to the dinner table, do you make sure that all technology is away? Or are you letting work calls or notifications interrupt your dinner time? Like that's the thing that frustrates me the most when having a conversation with someone is if their social media notifications keep popping up and pinging and they're checking them. Oh, it annoys me so badly and I am such a hypocrite with it like I'm so bad with it and I fully acknowledge that I like I'm I'm finding it's creeping into more and more areas of my life and I think that's why I felt really passionate about us doing this episode is it's getting to a point where I'm like it's almost like out of control like I don't want it to be dominating my life the way it is does that mean I can call you out on it when you do it um, sure. Should we have like a special word that I can say? When <laughs> banana. <you're>, banana. <laughs> and then my kids will be like, yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. All right. Well, I think another thing that you could do if you can't commit to the tech-free day is to consider having tech-free time. And one of the ways that you can do this, uh, I'm not sure how it's done on an Android phone, but on the iPhone is there's a setting called do not disturb. What's great about this is this setting can be put on so automatically when you're driving, no calls or text messages come through to you unless they're on like your important list. Yes, I have this um, turned on and I've had it, I don't know, six or 12 months. And honestly, it's so good because it is now in, um, I don't know if it's just Queensland, the fine or if it's Australia. I know Queensland's fine is pretty high. Yeah. So we have a fine here that just got introduced a few months ago that if you use your phone in the car, it's a thousand dollar fine. And so I know that when I did not have that do not disturb function on, there was still that temptation when you would hear a text message come through 
that temptation to look at it because oh, I'll just check and see if it's important. You know what? If you don't know about it, it's not that important. It can wait till you finish driving. It, and yeah. do not disturb is also good for nighttime. So like you can have it so that if you have a phone in your room, it will go on at night with your alarm and it means that nothing's going to wake you up unless it's an emergency of someone calling through multiple times. Mm-hmm. But what you can do with your phone, in you, if you go into your settings on your iPhone, set up Do Not Disturb and basically you set it up so that it's scheduled downtime away from technology. You might put in that from every day from five till eight, I don't want to be on technology and you set that up in your phone and it, it's automatically prompting you that when you pick it up out of habit, it's going to go, hey now, you, yeah, it's you've like scheduled you've, this you've, time. You've reached your limit. Do you know with the Android, they actually have a couple of different functions. So one I've seen is that every time you pick up your phone, a little tree appears on your background of your phone. And so by the end of the day, you've got this whole forest of trees telling you basically how much time you spent picking up your phone and touching it. Another one that I've seen is like a bubble. So every time you open your phone, it's a bubble. And depending on how long you spent on the phone, depends on what the size of the bubble is. Right. So it's really really good, visual. Yeah, really good visual reminder for how, how long you've actually spent on your phone. Another thing you can do to organise your time better, if you find you're someone who uses your phone, not necessarily for social media, but for lots of other apps and games, and you feel like they're taking a lot of your time and you want to put in better boundaries, is mm. you can actually set that up in your iPhone as well. Yeah, so you mean your notifications? No, but yes, definitely your notifications as well because that's another thing that your apps do to draw you back into it. Oh my gosh, every time you download a new app, rather than make it something that becomes a really big ongoing problem, every time you download a new app, adjust the notification settings at the time. Mm, Set the rules up from scratch. Yeah, set it up from the start because otherwise it becomes a bigger job and then that way you can make sure you're not snowballing the effect. But no, what I'm talking about is you can set app limits so that basically it says I'm only allowed to use this design app for one hour a day. Mm, that's cool. I don't think I've I, I don't think I've actually implemented that. I might look into that. Yeah, there's lots of stuff on your phone that can actually help you detach from it and you can start actually reclaiming time for the things you do want to be doing. Mm, because which is as connecting we, with people. Which is connecting and, and maybe it's not connecting. Maybe you really like to do things on your own and that's fine too. But if you're stuck in this habit and you feel like technology is sucking away the time and you're looking back at your week and thinking, what did I even do? Then maybe it's worth trialing some of these things and reducing your screen time down for sure. The other thing I would suggest as well, and this is definitely something that I've done in the past that has helped me out. Unfortunately, the way my work emails work, I haven't got this set up at the moment. If you can remove your work emails from your phone. Especially if you work in a government department where you're getting copied in on every memo or memo. Memo? <laughs> makes me want to say Nemo. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need those little Nemos popping up. And, you know, if it's a work thing, it can wait until tomorrow. If you get into the habit, and this is a really like important thing, if you get into the habit of replying to your work emails at weird hours of the night or replying to them immediately in the time that should be spent on you, your personal time, not only will people start to just expect it just out of habit that Mm. you will reply to emails in your own hours. They'll also potentially start to get frustrated and offended when you don't, when you don't, because you've set up that precedent. So that's another reason to remove work emails from your phone, keep them on your laptop, keep them on your computer instead. It's like you need to respect your boundaries so that other people respect your boundaries. Yes. This topic is so challenging for me because I really struggle with my boundaries with technology and I find myself, I feel like at the moment I work 24 seven and for someone who's like 
a stay-at-home mum with a baby, that seems crazy. <laughs> it does, especially when you find out the stats about how many babies are actually not able to recognise their mum's face because during breastfeeding, their mums are too busy looking at the phone all the time. So that's a, that's a really important one to remember. And I think that's going to lead us on to this week's tidy task, which is we would like you to go and have a look at your phone, at your settings... Have a look and see how much time you're actually spending on your phone on average every day and you might be surprised by it. Work out what your ideal is. How much time do you actually want to be spending on it? And then put some steps into place from what we've talked about today that are going to help you get there. So it might be the case of putting do not disturb on. It might be putting the case of um, an app limit on so that when you've used that app for more than a particular amount of time, you're done. It locks you out. It might be about getting rid of all your notifications so that when you're having a deep and meaningful conversation with your loved one, um, social media is not beeping at you because someone liked your photo. Yeah, and another thing that I would say that you could potentially do as your tidy task this week is if you're someone who keeps your phone next to you in your bedroom and it's the last thing you look at before you go to sleep at night, not only is that not great for helping us get to sleep, and I'm, de- I'm guilty of this, I do it so every night. Guilty. Maybe a, a baby step you can take for your tidy task this week is to make sure that one night this week before you go to bed, you do not touch your phone. You set your alarm, do what you need, and then that's it. You leave it. And you chat with your spouse. You chat with your spouse or your cat or by yourself, whatever, <laughs> yeah. whoever's in your bedroom. Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> it's just one of you. That's fine. Uh, just try it for one night. Get a mirror. <laughs> try it for one night. And then potentially the following week, you can try it for two nights. And then eventually, you know, you can start to build better habits. Mm, and it is all about building those better habits in small baby steps. Well, that's it for this week's episode. A little bit tech heavy, but we hope you're feeling empowered to get out there and start making some changes in your life to reclaim time for the things you love. Don't forget, you can join the Little Home Organized community group and in there, there is a video on how to declutter your Facebook feed. So if you want the time that you do spend on Facebook to be meaningful and to see the stuff that you actually care about, head on over to the group, join, watch that video. But that's it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for having us in your ears. And remember, progress, not perfection. See ya. Bye. Hey, we'd love to keep the conversation going. Head over to the Little Home Organised community group on Facebook, ask questions, find motivation and share your before and afters. And if you enjoyed the show, please help us keep it going by hitting subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you listen. It's free and ensures you do not miss an episode. But if you really want to share the love, leave us a rating and review. Trust me, it makes all the difference in the world.